Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Today's video is brought to you by our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check out the uh, description below um, for all your shirt, t-shirt needs. And obviously they're designed to be worn untucked. So lots of different sizes and lots of Black Friday deals and stuff like that. So make sure you check them out and show them some love. Today's guest, I mean, he's put his name's James, James Leder, but his you know his Twitter handle is from the Anvil, so I'm surprised why he didn't put that on today. So, uh, but it's uh, it's all good. How are we doing, James? How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. You'll notice we're obviously you know people don't know, but obviously I'm recording. It's about nine o'clock at night. James is it's, it's it's still in the afternoon because James is, despite his accent, he is in Canada at the moment. So, how is it over there at the moment? How's the weather and stuff, man? Uh, weather-wise, it's meant to get to that time of year where it's meant to start snowing, and yeah. it's, it's meant to be dropping to minus temperatures. I think you're going to get that within the next month, and it's just a lot of shoveling the drive, uh, being careful not to slip. You get that for about six months. We had a little bit of snow, but it's been pretty warm today. It's been like plus thirteen. Oh wow, that's that's not too bad. That's that's relatively balmy for your for your neck of the woods at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, Thirteen degrees, bloody hell, bloody hell. And and apart from that, you how's things? Obviously, in this weird world we live in now, for you at the moment, COVID-wise, here it's I could say it's a little better than the UK. I know that yeah. the UK is going back into full lockdown. I mean, my mum and my brother still live back home, and they've been saying oh. it's coming. Uh, I'm being here right now. It varies where you are in the country. Where I am right now in Alberta, it's into a stage two phase. So things are still open for the most part, but it's still the same protocol of social distancing, masks, girl hygiene. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is, isn't it, man? But it's uh, yeah. it's one of those things, isn't it? You just got to grin it and you know, keep calm and carry on, as they say. But uh, yeah, it's, it is all uh, it's all very interesting. Um, and, and obviously, you know. West Ham are doing all right at the moment, aren't we? We're doing all right. Yeah. I mean, it's better than what I thought looking at that fixture list. Uh, I looked yeah. at the fixtures. I thought, you know, we're playing a lot of top-half teams there. 
are we going to really take anything from this? And we've taken more than I'd expected, especially because West Ham fans, I think we're used to the team being in a relegation battle come this early point in the season anyway. Yeah. So to take the, these points in for the first few games is uh, very pleasing. And the performances to go along with it as well have been better than expected. It's consistent for, for a uh, ballpark term. It's uh, organised. It looks like West Ham have a bit of a plan, which is something that we've lacked in a long time. Yeah, exactly. It's um, I, I likened it to, you know, everyone talks about a project. This seems like a project at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It's You can yeah. see there seems to be through, you know, the backroom staff, through the people Moises is bringing in in terms of playing staff. There seems to be a strategy in play now which I can't remember for a long time there being one, maybe even as low, long back as the Allardyce years, I'll be honest, you know, just because yeah. there seems to be loads of, it, it, you can see in momentum's building and you can see, you know, when the club do all the, um, all the training, video, you know, training like videos behind the scenes stuff, there seems to be like loads of real togetherness and everyone seems to be quite happy, um, which is quite unusual for West Ham players to be happy. Um, and it's, and, it, and it's good to see. I think it's good to see. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good season for us this year. Um, you know, good for us is obviously, you know, being safe by like February will be good. Um, but I'm I'm encouraged, and obviously now is the biggest cha- challenge. Those first yeah. seven games were like, yeah, hit or miss. Yeah, three points. You know, it's almost like a free hit. Now these next three are just like critical for us, I think. And obviously Villa are starting to dip a bit of form, and which is good because we've been playing in a couple of games time. Um, Sheffield United are just like just off the flight of the planet at the moment yeah, shadow of the team it shows you i think it really shows you the effect that a crowd has on the team because they were obviously at Bramwell lane flying you know it's intimidating ground yeah um now it's not and you know they're just getting a bit of second season syndrome you know what i well, mean yeah second season syndrome i think that's what a lot of clubs do, um do i think they overachieve within one season then go yeah. back back da- down again Sheffield United well I'm actually from South Yorkshire Sheffield United yes. are technically my nearest um, Premier League team I haven't been to Bramall Lane but I have been to Hillsborough but I've got a few friends that are Sheffield United fans and they're saying the same thing the yeah. team has done has got a good system in place at Sheffield United but the thing is it is like I say second season syndrome they're a bit lost as yeah. it were this season uh, to go back on to your points about West Ham or talk about all the strategy and everything oh yeah like definitely David Moyes people have slated him in the past mainly because of his dodgy tactics and maybe his refusal to make subs which I, I am going to acknowledge but at the same time he does say that he's got a plan in place for a long-term vision at West Ham and so far it seems to be paying off quite a bit because he's putting yeah. players into different positions and getting the best out of them he did this with Arnautovic he did it with right now with Antonio he's mm. doing it you could argue with Fornals and Masawaku because yeah. he's got them yeah, playing yeah. in something that suits them and he's making a team that is moving on from the say the Pellegrini era the Pellegrini era yeah, was, yeah. was has a a lot of time with a lot of what you could call luxury players which they were which doesn't suit mm-hmm. Moyes' system Moyes is, wants to bring in work hard working players naturally and that suits the ethos of West Ham more so yeah. I think Moyes understands the club's vision he understands the club's background and mm-hmm. I think he wants to implement that his own way so far it seems to be paying off yeah, because I mean, all tentative purposes, in terms of with the exception of, say, Man United, all of Moyes' other clubs have all been these sort of working hard, you know, like you got, same, I mean, West Ham fans, same as Everton fans, you know, they just yeah. want their team to press the North End, you know, even Sunderland, you know, you know, to all extensive purposes, obviously not as successful as his Everton days, but it, it's that same mantra and it seems to be putting through. I've coined a phrase which I'm going to, um, 
copyright called moisification. So he's so so and and obviously every every verb around that I've copyrighted now. So he's he's moisified Antonio into a strike, as you said, like he did run out of it. And as you said, with you know, with with uh, Masuaku and four nails, he's moisified them into a position which fits his system he wants to play. And so come January, it'd be interesting to see what he brings in. Um, there's obviously talk of lots of players because they always will be talking a lot of players. Yeah, I've seen a few today. Yeah, and so we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, frustrating thing was, you know, obviously on Saturday the Liverpool game. You know, if we did have Josh King, he would have just fitted into that system um, nicely, same as Antonio. And so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident this year. I'm always, I'm always the internal optimist. But like last few games, I've been a little bit more optimistic because it always looks like we're going to score and i've lived through games i've lived through seasons where we've had no strikers or we've had bless them people like mike newell up front and brian dean bless them and you know in their towards the end of their careers and not see look not looking we're going to score at all we always seem to have a goal in us whether it's a corner a free kick or a, or a suit check coming in and and that's what i really think is exciting for us as, as, as fans but uh now <laughs> james now obviously you're in canada um yeah. you're from yorkshire originally yeah why the hell are you a west ham fan what's your story man all right i've had to explain this to a few people actually um like how does somebody from south yorkshire end up supporting a club from london uh well first thing i always say is like how can people all across the world support man united when they're not true. mank very true very so that's true. my kind of thing uh the story is actually as follows i was trying to look for a club to support actually when i was around 10 years old and it was like by a bit of a chance encounter uh, I was just in my dad's living room watching the West Ham Tottenham game from 2007. I watched. I still remember watching that live on his big plasma TV, and it was the game where Tevez scored that free kick off the crossbar, yeah. went mental. And I watched that, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> so I kind of took an interest in the club from there and then onwards. And I think it's fair to say Tevez was the first West Ham player I really looked up to especially yeah. within that last run-in. I remember, well, at the time, Sheffield United were in the Premier League as well, and it went to the last day of the season. Of and they, I remember Tevez scoring the goal. I was watching that on TV, him keeping us up at Old Trafford, and then only to join them a few weeks later. But yeah. that's how the, the whole West Ham thing really started. Got my first jersey when I was 12 years old. Um, still had a season ticket at Doncaster, which was my local club, and watched West Ham versus Doncaster there. But I was in the Donny stand. Don't hate me for yeah. that. <laughs> but Kevin, Kevin Holland scored in that game, and from then onwards, I've just kept on supporting West Ham. From there, I've got loads of jerseys. I've written blogs for the club's website. I've got my own channel and my own blog, which I'm writing about the club as well, and just instead sharing all my knowledge with all of the fans. And that's pretty mm. much what I do today. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, all because of Carlos Tevez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you hadn't scored that free kick, you might have been, you know, if Tottenham had scored a free kick, and it was just you, you could have been on the dark side, couldn't you, James? And I couldn't and, it's, and it's funny, you know, we, uh, you know, there's so many times where we talk to people who have been fans for, you know, 50, 50, 40, 50, 60 years, and it is things like that it is a chance you know they were in a room and match the day was on and their dad said what football team do you support and they looked up and it was west ham that one i support that one and then i've been seeing ticket holders for 40 years and you know all these little chance things and it's lovely particularly as you said you're totally right it's like why do people in I don't know, across the world support man united because they do because 
they just do, you know. But it's uh, it's just unusual when it's West Ham. Do you know what I mean? Just because it's not yeah. we don't win anything. So you know that that's why I love interviewing all the guys, particularly like the guys like the American Hammers Network, all those guys, and mm. you know if an Indian the Indian Hammers on and Scandinavian Hammers, and I just think there's it's such a global supporter base and it's incredible that's why i love talking to people outside of london and outside of essex do you know what i mean because yeah. it's it's it just proves my point that we've got a huge sort of base of fans and obviously you, you know you're on twitter and you, you sort of look at you know and, and they're all even more so now they're all sort of pulling together obviously you know particularly in the uk obviously that we get into a second lockdown very shortly um and you know mental health and all that type of stuff and everyone right. seems to be pulling together really nicely and supporting each other you know people are, and people being open enough to reach out to say you know feeling a bit down today and then like 10 minutes later they'll get they'll tweet again i've just had like 300 messages from people saying yeah chin up and stuff like that and west Ham fans are unique i think we're oh, yeah. a unique bunch I think that's that's very true. West Ham fans are, are their own kind because they just um, it's the old East End thing, I think. And I'm not yeah. I'm not naturally ender myself, but I know you. you know I've been I've seen what it's like. The fans are just so together, really. They're just you know a bunch of Cockneys who really love, love the team. And I think they're, they're just it's the working class thing as well because the West yeah. West Ham traditionally being a working class, but the fans have just come from normal hardworking backgrounds and they just support a team that was for many years representing those values. And it's just, I think the, cl- the, the club chooses the fans, I think in West Ham's case, particularly. And then that's what you mm-hmm. can see on when you're on green street and even just in general. Yeah. And no, you're right. And it's, and it's when you get sort of interviewed, like lots of people from, if you interview, I'm like, um, like uh, West Ham Philly and, you know, obviously Philadelphia, there was like a natural, like naturally drawn towards West Ham because oh, yeah. similar, as you said, sort of blue collar backgrounds and stuff like that. And yeah. And who was it? Oh, I think it was Fresno Irons. I can't remember if it was Tex. Or California. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it was Tex. It was, no, it wasn't Tex. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I forgot his name, but I apologize. I've had over 250 people, so I'm allowed to forget one. So good. <laughs> and, and he was, and he became a West Ham fan because of Gary Oldman in in the firm and you know and, and, and but it's all these i love it i love it and then that's it they're hooked and yeah the fresno irons are absolute nutters they are crazy so crazy yeah. they would go if it was west Ham chelsea and it was at stamford bridge they would go to the chelsea bar at fresno in fresno because it's an away game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't have that here. I'm in Edmonton right now, my city. My nearest fan base is in Vancouver. And when I was there, I yeah. tried to find it, but I couldn't. I've met two people here in my city that actually know what West Ham is. One had a jersey on and was a Cockney. <laughs> the other one was um, a server in a bar. I said, yeah, I know West Ham because my dad's from Basildon. I love it. I love it. But that happens all the time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? For me, it always seems to happen. Like, you know, it's not, not as dramatic as, as living as he said in Canada and, and bumping into someone who's on, who's, whose dad is from Basildon. But like we went, we went camping the other day and, and the camp, the guy next to us in the tent, we got chatting and he was like, I oh, said, so where are you from? He goes, Oh, we're from, you know, he said, I'm from, I'm from London. And I was like, okay, we're in London. Uh, well, I live near where the West Ham team train. Well, that's Rush Green. That's like 10 minutes away from my house, mate. That's not really London. I live in Ornchurch. Oh, okay. You know, he, like, you know, he tries to do the whole one from London, but you're really from Essex, mate. Bless you. But uh, it happens all the time. There's West Ham fans everywhere. You know, you, you meet, yeah. you bump into, you met, you, you met two. And that's probably two. That's fair enough, isn't it? I always like going away because if there's a West Ham fan within like somewhere, I always end up talking to him somehow. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. it's. 
Maybe because literally, I, I literally on holiday live in West Ham shirts around the around the pool. Or oh god, I remember that when we used to be able to go on holiday. Oh, that was a happy. I did time. it in Vegas. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I still played Arsenal that day, so I thought I might as well represent. Too right. I mean, there's, I mean, you got uh, John, John Black. He's a, he's a Vegas hammer, and uh, there's loads of them, and, and they're they're all over the place, man. It's like I, I just, it's such a that's he's really opened my eyes up to how how global the, our fan base is. Because I always was, I was a bit naive to it, to be honest. And then we've been doing this for five year, five months now. As I said, we've been talking to people all over the world about West Ham and. You know, there's still loads more people to talk about all over the world. You know, New Zealand and and Australia mm. and um, and places like that. And it's it's brilliant. I actually love it. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, so what? So, so why are you in Canada, James? What's what's your story? Why are you? Why are you in Canada? Okay. Well, I live here actually with my dad, and like cool. I mentioned, my mum and my brother still live in the UK. Yeah. I've um, I've done one year of secondary school over here. I've done university over here as well. I graduated this year, actually. Cool. I um, did. A, I originally initially did a journalism degree because I wanted to get into sports broadcasting, and then I went and did proper broadcasting, as in more practical-minded stuff, yeah. and graduated from that this year. And the reason why I wanted to go into sports is because I think in North America, in particular, it's, it's definitely going to be a big industry. You have a wide variety of different professional sports. In Canada, it's not necessarily football slash soccer, depending on uh, well, what you call it, but I think the main ones here is, going to, is mainly ice hockey and probably the NBA, but it, it's still a very big market. I think soccer in Canada, just so unclear on what I'm talking about, is a growing sport with Alfonso Davies and Asmir Begovic, people yeah. like that, who are here in Canada. Both of them actually grew up in my city as well. Begovic went to the high school next to mine and was in the f- soccer academy there. But as well, I think it because that's a growing sport here in Canada and uh, me being British and someone who is, I think, stereotypically from a country that's very familiar with the sport, I would think I could just offer something here yeah. with it. I've looked for a few jobs actually within sports writing, but for now, I think my main focus is to just build up my profile. Hence why I'm doing my YouTube channel, blogging yeah. and writing wherever I can. And that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. coming from there. Yeah, and you're right. It's, it's one of those things where... Uh, yeah, having an English accent, having a British accent does does help open doors sometimes, doesn't it, really? Particularly, yeah. I mean, I, I used to do loads of work over in the States, and, yeah, it was almost like, not a novelty act, but I'd, like, turn up and they'd be like, oh, and for some reason I became more Cockney um, because they always thought I was from Australia, and so I became even more Danny Dyer. And oh, it's did, like, did it with me. Yeah, I used to hate it because I used to get really sort of really like dial it to eleven. But um, and it's true when you go and see like um, I don't know, like obviously all the all the NBC coverage and stuff like that, and you know guys like Warren Barton and Robbie Musto and obviously yeah. Shaq is over there, and you know, and and it's it does you know I would never have put Robbie Musto and and Warren Barton as 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 lead anchormen um or analysts and they they made a career out of it over there and stuff like that yeah. and so yeah good luck to you man good luck to you Thanks. as you said it's it's all it's all uh, it's all good stuff and you know uh, particularly now with you know in this weird world we live in it's all about people putting their head above the parapet really isn't it? as you said doing I content suppose. making youtubes writing blogs mm-hmm. it, there's a there's a thirst for it at the moment yeah obviously um because you know particularly soon we'll have no you know all the studios will be shut again so there'll be no live or regular television coming up so things like youtube and stuff like that is going to be back to i mean you know i mean we started this in this channel in lockdown 1.0 i call it you know now we're going to lockdown 2.0 and uh it was just because of a thirst for you know people were just 
wanting to talk about old yeah. stuff and, and reminisce and it's lovely man but um, well, do, you yeah. remember, do you remember your first obviously you said that was um obviously tevez that tottenham game do you remember your first your first game properly uh yeah like, yeah it's my only one today uh it was west ham versus hull in 2010 at the bowling ground brilliant um i remember again barami carlton cole and junior stanislas scored in that game Gianfranco Zola was the manager and i think the only one player that's still obviously going to be there from then is no was mark noble but i remember yeah, yeah. i still remember that team from then everything it was just everything about about like west ham from the train journey there on the tube um even on the way home things like that i just remember walking through like playstow and just seeing the second hand shot made a corrugated iron and just laughing yeah. at that life this is what it's like uh didn't have pie and mash or anything like that but there was a market opposite the bowling ground that i remember yeah. saw david gold's car in there i was in i think it was the trevor brooking upper yeah yeah it was cracking right. day, cracking day out yeah, it is. It's a spe- it was a special place. London Stadium's good as well, but oh, yeah. Upton Park has been around for so long that it's, it's yeah, it has this sort of nostalgic, you know, people still think of it lovingly. And too right so it was like, you know, there for many, many years. But uh, no, it's good, man. As you said, once you and then once you see the game, that's it, you're hooked. But he was already three years into your West Ham journey already. So Yeah. It was it wasn't it was it was just, just helping you take it over the over the over the sort of the uh uh, what's the word? Oh, my mind's gone to mush. Anyway, ignore me. We'll carry on. Um, right. So let, let's talk about your eleven, James. So as I said, okay. um, the, the the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. That's the only rule. Not, okay. Not have you don't have to have seen them play live because then you'd only have seen one game. So it'd been quite easy. But being alive, being alive to see play. That's it. You can do whatever formation. You can talk about whether people, whatever context. It could be favourite. Could be best. Cult heroes. Worst players. Whatever, James. Yeah. That's you, man. It's been you. difficult choice actually. Uh, <laughs> some of these positions, I was thinking, do I? What do I do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I, know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right okay let's start in goal james who's in goal for the james 11 the james so the from the envelope 11 we'll call it we'll go i had a difficult decision with this one because i couldn't choose but i eventually went with rob green because he was the goalkeeper that i was most familiar with throughout yeah. my time as a west ham supporter not only that he was number one for many many years got a few england call-ups uh i liked him yeah no he's a good player good man and just you know obviously we, we've had a lot of um a lot of former players interview and they all talk about Robert Green in terms of just how workmanlike he was in terms of his training. He was like an, yeah. an ex- exceptional trainer and, um, and it, and it really paid dividends. As you said, he was very consistent. Um, goal, again, we say it quite often goalkeepers a position apart from probably about six months last season that we haven't had a problem with. Do you know what I mean? We always have mm. a good goalkeeper, sometimes better than others, you know, but a solid, yeah, but we haven't really had a, a, a you know, apart from the Roberto months, mm. um, you know, what could have been if Fabianski hadn't got injured, we might, Pellegrini may well still be in charge. But, um, yeah. Well, that's, it's whole team dynamic as well. I mean, Roberto Crazy, was absolutely shocking. I must admit, mm. every time I saw on the team sheet, my, I literally, my stomach sank and I was thinking, <laughs> not again. You could see the, the, the confidence drain out of the players. And when Fabianski was back, they seemed to be re-energized again. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. I never realized how integral a goalkeeper is, but it really does make a, you know, so then obviously the centre-backs have more confidence in the goalkeeper. The midfield have more confidence in the centre-backs because they're more confident because the goalkeeper. And it just, it filters through the team. It's mental. But yeah, Greeno, 
good guy, lovely trainer, doesn't take himself too seriously on Twitter and stuff. And I like people who are just a realist. He's, he's realistic, you know, he's like, he knows where he was. And the fact that he yeah. still takes the piss out of Chelsea, you know, has it in his profile that he won the, uh, you know, the, the European Cup. And it's like, you know, come on, Rob. But, you know, he still did it. Yeah, still did it anyway. All right, we'll put Greeno in. Um, are we playing a back four, James? Yeah, or? we're going four four two. Oh, nice well, I'm, and simple. I'm a traditional four four two kind of person. Good. Right, left back. Who's going to be left back then, James? Okay, we're stuck on this one. Um, I don't know who, but eventually I went with Terminator, Julian Dix. Yeah, Dixie. Had to be Julian Dix. Um, aggressive tackler, absolute unit of a player, and a good penalty, yeah. penalty taker. As well. Also, very much loved around the club. Came back with Slavin Bilic, who worked as a coach under him. Joined him at West Bromwich Albion. He's always got a place at West End United. Yeah, he does. You're right. And he's just just a nice bloke as well, by all accounts. And, and oh, yeah. he's like... And what I think about Julian is he's just relatable. Do you know what I mean? He's like... Mm. He's not like a prune... A prune... Pruned? Prune? Prune? Primed? I can't think of words. But you know, like the footballers now, they're just all just pretty boys really aren't they really and it's like they, and it's like where julian is like a bloke who you could just see down the pub you know yeah. what i mean He'd be at the Love pub prop the bar up and now nah, he's a top bloke top top guy top, top, um, top. okay we'll put julian in let's go let's go right back then james who are we gonna have on the other side mate uh right back was another tough, tough decision um because i had a choice between zabaleta fredericks and tomkins and just because i was familiar the most i went with james tomkins nice yes james tomkins doesn't get enough recognition in these no. things and i think it's a it's a terrible shame because he is um he was a great servant to us and i think tomkins was um and and for me he is well i don't know i'd have him back tomorrow I yeah, think, I think in the gap between him being sold and us getting someone like Zabaleta and even Fredericks, we struggled with the right back situation because we've yeah. been crying out for a good right back. We didn't get it in Sambai and we couldn't get it in Arbeloa. So Tomkins is definitely the one. And he's a West Ham Academy graduate, one of our best. He is. And it just shows you when you have to put a, a centre back into right back position that actually, you know, it's an area which we needed some investment in. And luckily, you know, we, we've, 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 um, we've Kufal, you know, at least. He looks a solid right back, isn't he? He looks sure. solid. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, I like the old JT. He's a good bloke. And he's said a West Ham boy. And, you know, it's one of those things when it's always great in hindsight, you know. So, like, the whole thing of getting rid of Adrian to bring in yeah. Roberto and David Martin seemed like a good idea. You know, it made sense. You know, two for one. We could send the kids out on loan and, you know, that's good. And we got a cold, you know, then obviously there's an injury and hindsight, maybe we shouldn't have got rid of Adrian. Same as James Tompkins. I think as soon as he left, I think we had about two or three like, defensive injuries where he would have clearly played probably most of that season then. Yeah. Um, Antonio but, was going as right back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's another thing, you know, put Antonio right back. Let me look at him now compared to where, where we put him. Right. Okay, uh, JT is in. Uh, centre-half, centre-backs. First centre-back, James, who we got, man? Okay, this wasn't hard. Winston Reid. Just because yeah. he has earned himself as um, one of the best West Ham defenders, certainly of my generation, and one mm. of best players in the last, I'd say, 10, 15 year, years at West Ham. He's had a really bad injury-ridden first season with us. Built himself up in the Championship, and since then he was uh, a starting centre-back. Stored mm. a few goals when needed. Uh, scored the last ever goal at the bowling ground, so that's obviously why it's going to go down in folklore as well. Yeah. And that is on loan sport in Kansas City. I do kind of miss him a little, little bit because yeah. I do like Reedy. 
and he seems to be playing. He's he's played the last half dozen games or something like that. I think he's he's done all right at them at Sporting Kansas at the moment. I think yeah, scored a goal from scored yeah, yeah, and I think uh, but I think he's back in. I think he may be back in January. I think his his loan runs out in January, so um, we'll see. Maybe we'll get him back. You know, maybe he's, yeah. maybe he'll, I'd love to see him back. I just think he just as you said, a fit Winston Reid is brilliant, and he just I think nowadays we just. We've got we've got three good centre backs, and then or we got, and then it, they sort of interchange. So it's almost like when one gets injured, the others sort of step up. And so, like at the moment, Issa Diop's not getting not getting a look in really no, with, with, with the two. And yeah, with Balbuena and and obviously you know again in front of Oggy and and Cress is playing all right at that sort of left back left sort of centre three. And um, but then I always remember I remember when. What's this? When Balbuena came in, it was Balbuena and Diop, and Oggy couldn't get a look in. And yeah. then last season, it was Oggy and Diop, and Balbuena didn't get a look in. It's like it's this sort of revolving door of of centre backs at West Ham, and I just like wouldn't mind seeing Winston Red. Obviously, we still got Craig Dawson. We forget oh, yeah. about Craig Dawson. He's you know he's there, bless him. Um, and I, I still think that's why we when we we only got him on loan and we didn't buy him. Because I've got, you know, to kick. I'm mean, yeah. the assumption is, you know, Willie could when he could come back and uh, and and he would make a big difference. But then there's talk of us getting this Swedish guy um, in January for like a million. He's this young Swedish international. Oh, guy. I think he's already yeah. signing the deal. Yeah, I think he's literally like in the hotel now. So, yeah, so fair play. So, but uh, that'd be cool. And then, you, and then we still got guys like Alessi. You know, he, he looks really oh, yeah. good in the young. And this, you know, we all I think you know people moan about moan about our squad size and stuff, and I think experience wise potentially, but the kids are good, man. We've got some good yeah. kids coming through. You saw that whole game and and the and the Charlton game. I mean, I love the boy Ashby, uh, the oh, right yeah. back. He's, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. He's been playing well for the under twenty ones at Scotland as well, and he just looks really. You know, when players walk on the pitch, it's like when you used to play when you was a kid, and like you know when like the other team would turn up. And yeah. like some, some of them are like, he looks like he's a good football player. He he looks yeah. good. And then Ashby has that look about him. And maybe he's got yeah. the bow legs already or whatever, but he looks, uh, he looks solid. I think he's going to be a good one for us next season. Um, okay. Winston, who's Winston Regan, a partner in the centre-back positions? Then? Um, I actually went for Matthew Upson on this one. Matthew Upson. Hmm, interesting. I know it's an interesting choice, but again, he's another player I was very familiar with just in my early days of supporting West Ham. Did quite like him a lot. He got called up to the England's 2010 World Cup squad. Yeah. I think we had that 2010 World Cup squad. I think we had Tony Carr on and we figured it out. And I believe a third of the 2010 World Cup squad had gone through the academy at West Ham. Oh, yeah. Ferdinand Lampard, players like that, yeah. John Terry, yeah. West Ham Academy. Mentor in it when you think about that, you know, God, yeah. if only, if only, if only. But that is that is being a West Ham fan. It is if only we because we've never won anything. It's always like this sliding doors moment. Yeah, if he stayed, if he stayed, you know, if, if Pi hadn't got injured, this could happen. And oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, as, as you back four, um, and Greeno, let's go into midfield. Then James, let's go. Uh, let's go left wing, left midfield. Who have we got? Uh, left midfield. I just looked at a winger in general for this one, and the one that only came to mind was Trevor Stinkler. Ah, oh, good old Trev. Had to be good, yeah. good winger, very uh, dynamic kind of player. Good at getting down the sides and score goals when needed. Teamed up well with PDC and Canute. Yeah, 
good player, solid player. And, yeah, definitely. you know, you say about ups and, you know, got him to tweet. I mean, we resurrected Trevor's Trevor's career, really. He was sort of floundering oh, a yeah. bit of QPR. And he came in and just was brilliant and loves the club. I mean, you know, you know his interactions on Twitter and stuff. He's oh, yeah. top, top, top bloke. And, um, yeah, friend of the channel, he's also Trev. So, big fan of his. Um, no, yeah. And he just, yeah, right right play at the right time. And someone mentioned it, yes. Uh, I can't remember who mentioned it. Um, I was interviewing the other day. And, and they, they mentioned Trevor Sinclair's shirts. And, and I went back and looked at it afterwards. He had the, always wore these stupidly oversized shirts. So, you go back and look at him when he was playing for West Ham. He had these shirts, like, untucked, almost like you can't see his shorts. He had these, like, bingo wings on his arms because his arms were so big. It's oh, so yeah, funny. You're thinking if he had, like, a decent-fitted shirt, he'd have gone even faster, bless him. But, uh, yes, Trevor Sinclair, top bloke and and a, a top player for us at that time. Um that was my favourite era um, in terms of my West Ham career. That sort of Harry, Harry Redknapp era. I just think it was so exciting as a player and so yeah. exciting as a team as well because you didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Right, Trevor is in. Who is next? You, you go through the, the, the rest of that midfield as you want to, James. Oh, okay. um, so we're going to start with the centre mids uh, next. Yeah. And this wasn't so tough. Um I went for two leaders and two very well-respected members of the club as of recent years. My first one, I'm going for Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan, that is a good shout. I think, Again, yeah. Not a lot of recognition, I don't think. I'd, I'd agree with that. I don't think he gets a lot of recognition. The thing with Kevin Nolan is he seemed to follow Sam Allardyce everywhere in his career. So Nolan coming to West Ham when Allardyce was appointed seemed uh, kind of the right thing to do because he could work with a manager who could who he knew he was familiar with, who he respected and could get the best yeah. out of him on, no matter where they went. And Kevin Nolan as well, goal scorer, a good part of that midfield, good at holding up the ball and served as a good captain for a few years. Great captain, I think. And I think he was yeah, that, that he was that sort of stabilising presence that we needed in the team at the time. Yeah. Because um, it was like, you know, a lot of turmoil. Obviously, we'd gone down and, and stuff like that. And, you know, and then... Big Sam came in, and obviously you sort of knew Kevin was going to come in as well. Yeah. Um, but he was a really, really good captain. And I think again, you know, we've we haven't had problems in the modern day with, with good captains. We've had him and people like obviously no and people like you know um, Lucas Neal. All beginning with N. All beginning with N. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Right. Um, so okay, Nolan is in. Who is next? Uh, Mark Noble has to be. Yeah, I was. Yeah, as soon as I said no, I said he's probably going to be the next one, so I thought I'd shut up. Yeah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> definitely. God, if you're a West Ham fan, you got to respect Mark Noble. There's like no yeah. two ways about that. You have to, man. I think he's, he's he transcends football, doesn't he? I think I think everyone respects Mark Noble in the game because of just his longevity. You know, he's they did a thing the other day, and it was it was the. the the leagues and each league with the longest serving player. Yeah. And he was him messy, almost identical times. You know, I think, it was, I think it well exactly the same in terms of how many years, how many months, how many days they've been in their respective leagues. And uh, yeah, top, top bloke and a top draw. Yeah. He's, he's just a top bloke. The way, he's, the way he represents West Ham as well on, yeah. on and off the field is really good. You can tell, He's a why well, he's a good captain. He's someone that actually, if you're going to have a captain, you need someone who knows the core value of the club. He's been there since he was 13 years old. He know yeah. he knows everything about the club. It's just 
logical to have him as captain. Yeah, and, and and he's just like, and you know, there's something special. It's again, it's something which is quite unusual is to have a fan play in your team. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't happen now very often, and he, he's yeah. a, he's a, unfortunately a dying breed. But there's something special. You you know, when when his name is on the team sheet or or it's on the bench and he comes on, you know, he's he's gonna if we lose, it's gonna hurt just as much for him as it is for us because yeah. he's a fan as well. And but you can't fault the fact he's not gonna put a, put his effort in and have a go. Do you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. and, and that's what he does, man. And that's why I really respect him as a player and as a fan and as a captain. I think he's a great captain. And we've Definitely had lots is. of fun with him. Um, Okie dokie. So, Mark Noble. Okay. We've got one more midfielder then. Who's it going to be then, James? Okay. Um, I really like him right now, Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen. Yes. Nice. Why not? Why not? Why not? I think there he's an ideal kind of winger for really any team. He's shown himself in the championship, capable of what he was doing. A little yeah. bit of a bump coming back into the Premier League on a full-time basis because he was there with Hull, played seven appearances for them. He was coming to West Ham on a full-time basis starting in the yeah. Premier League. So that was going to be a real test for him jumping up from the league. Ben Rahm was going to face that same test as well. Bowen's taken that really well. He's shown why he's a valuable starter. And I like everything about Jared Bowen, the fact that not only his pace, which is a natural asset for a winger, but the way he's able to cut inside in the box, he's able to mm. take the time and the vision to make his shots as, as well. Him going down on that right is the box-to-box winger that we've needed for a long time, and we've mm, got him. Good point. That's a really good point. You're right. And and what I like about him, I mean, as you said, he sort of, I mean, towards the end of last season, arguably him and Suchek were, were the you know, players of our team, really, which is yeah. quite impressive because then he came in January. He sort of hit the ground running. Um, and I think this season he just kicked on. He's definitely kicked on. You can definitely. tell he's a lot more confident and it can't be long before he gets a call up. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like, you know, him and Antonio, I just can't see why they haven't had a call up there. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I just think Bowen is just like, he's, he's, you're right. He's that sort of, we haven't had a good, a, a proper winger since probably Matty Effrington. Um, oh, you know, yeah. unique because Antonio played all over the place. So I don't really class him as a winger now. Um, no. But yeah, Matty Effrington, and this, he's a proper winger. But as you said, as well as having the ability to go down the right and get across and he can cut inside, he can have a shot. He does that great little diagonal run behind the back too which he scored oh, yeah. like a couple of goals like this season with as well. And yes. that's what he's best known for. When I, I mean, obviously, when you, start, when, when you hear about a player coming, you do the YouTube, don't you? You Google on YouTube. Google on YouTube. No, you search on YouTube um, to look at all the highlight clips. And those, he scored loads of goals like that cut inside and just drifted in. And, um, yeah, no, I think he's great. Absolutely yeah. great player. Uh, and again... I know, you know, Sochek and Bowen, as you men- just mentioned there, the thing is with them, they are like very typical Moyes signs because they are yeah. people who we don't really hear, hear, hear a lot about them they cost tons as far as money's concerned but they're still putting a lot of graft and they're flourishing yeah you're right and and and, and again you couldn't fault Bowen's uh industrialism you know he he carries on working he's a very workmanlike attitude he just keeps on going keeps plugging away won't stop won't stop running Will help out the defence as well. Um, almost as like an auxiliary right back sometimes, to be honest, yeah. to his detriment, I think, to be honest. Um, I'd like to see him stay, be a little bit more selfish, you know, because it's great that he helps out. But I think then when we counter-attack, we're a bit, we can tend to be a little bit slow because it tends to be 
like four nails out there. He's not particularly quick. You know, he's not like a rapper. I mean, Bowen can be, when he gets going, Bowen's rapid. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him being a little bit more selfish with his positional sense, but at the moment it's working. So if you don't break, yeah. don't, you know, it's not broken, don't fix it. But no, uh, that's just my preference. Okay. Uh, let's put Bowen there. Okay. Up front, we've got two strikers. Who's your first striker then, James? Okay, because I mentioned him already, we, I'm going to put respect on Carlos Tevez because he's the reason why I started supporting West Ham. Yeah, yeah. If he wasn't took, in, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it took ages to bloom, but but he was pivotal in keeping West Ham in the Premier League. Yeah, and he's crazy. He's crazy when you look at him. Someone did a little, someone did a little Google, yeah, check checked yeah, Wikipedia, is that, and he didn't play a lot of games for us, did he? But no. he had an incredible impact for so few games. You know, as you said, it took him a while to get there and obviously that Tottenham game that was when he became Carlos Tevez in West Ham yeah, as you know when he bloomed. Uh, exactly when he bloomed exactly um and it's almost like a loaf of bread he was waiting to prove and it was it took him a while to prove it wasn't a you know it wasn't particularly warm dough um the yeast wasn't very active um it's just me and my me and my lockdown baking head going back on again. I know, God, dear, it's like oh, it's like I did, I did scones on Sunday just to warm myself back up into all the baking again. Oh God, yeah, 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 I yeah I love a bit of bacon. Um, but yeah, no, with Tevez, I mean, I remember, remember he before he scored that goal, he was so unlucky. It was like you know, he'd hit the bar, he'd hit the crossbar, he'd just go wide, and he'd want to do everything. And then Kerbisley did very similar to like Moyes has done, just like stay up front. Just don't run about. You stay there and don't move, you know. And from yeah. then on, he was just this rock vile of a player. And we just took to him, didn't we? And, and again, he yeah. brought in the, you know, no one no one had done that for about yeah. 20 years. I'm and, play um, that. Exactly. Um, but, and everyone, no one had, he had done it. For, no one had done that for 20 years. And he brought this back and, you know, playing for Man United, he did it. And it was like, I've never seen a player come back from playing for an opposition and having such a, a response from the fans. It was absolutely mental. And um, he obviously, you know, he was he kept us up, you know, and, and then as you said, like four like three or four whenever it was weeks later, he went 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 to the team that he'd scored against. But uh yeah, and he still really. says that, you know, I think he's thirty six now and he was did an interview a couple of months ago and he said the only team he'd come back to Europe for was West Ham. Yeah. So okay. Fair enough. He's left yeah. a quite an impression on some of our Argentinian players. Lanzini wanted to aspire to be like Tevez. Yeah, it's true. It is absolutely true. And he apparently, obviously, we've interviewed lots of players who who played around that time for West Ham. Um, you know, asking them, yeah, what was it like? You know, you turn up to work at Chadwell Heath, and these two Argentinian internationals just turn up at the the door, almost no. like they kicked them out of the Uber and just left them <laughs> at the front door. And because um, they looked a bit like they looked a bit like they'd been kidnapped, didn't they? And they sort of like like and then Alan Pardew over the top, like, no, oh my god, they, what's going on here? Where these come from? <laughs> yeah, and they looked a bit like, where's this? Where are we? Sorry, <laughs> we've got to turn left at the uh, at the Moby Dick pub to go to Chadwell Reef. Yeah, you do. Um, and uh, but apparently they were both trying to really integrate themselves. Tevez particularly with the with the with the players and Anton tells the story about when they were in a nightclub and Tevez would literally bring his interpreter everywhere he went because he wanted to know oh, what yeah. was going on and be involved in the banter. And he would be on the dance floor in some London nightclub with his interpreter talking to Anton Ferdinand, 
via his interpreter while still dancing on the, you know, that type of thing. And I love yeah. stories like that. He's, he's a mental, absolutely mental. We, uh, but no, he's a top, he was a top guy for us. And as you said, he, he has a lasting impression. Very similar. He's like, someone like Winston Reed will always be a West Ham legend because they go, as you said, against the, the bowling and, and obviously he scored against Tottenham and, 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 you know, Millwall and same as Tevez, oh, that yeah. goal, that goal, Man United will make him a legend forever. So, yeah. um, God bless him. Okay. Carlitos is in. There's one more spot, James. Who is that spot going to, man? Okay. It's, it's, uh, obviously PDC. PDC. Has yeah, to go yeah. in there. The, not just the goal, that goal against Wimbledon, but it's just a player, yeah. player himself. He was as a striker, a very disciplined kind of striker. He took no nonsense. And even in his later years as a manager, due to mainly his political beliefs and just who, who he was as well, he was he just kept a lot of players grounded. He did it at Swindon, did it at Sunderland. People even said yeah. it wasn't Daniel to be West Ham manager because he'd kick the players up the butt. Yeah. I'm always... Do you know, I think he'd be nice players. I think it'd be, it'd be a nice idea on paper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it'd be nothing to have, on paper to have Paolo as manager. I think we wouldn't have a squad by the end of the month because yeah, no, he, uh, he he's he's so passionate that I think it, unless you're that passionate, it'd it rub players up the wrong way. And um, but yeah, he's just a, a he's absolute crackers, isn't he? He's yeah, absolutely, and that's why we love him. If he were manager, I think all there'd be like you know if players left shell shocked after he's yelled at him, yeah. stuff like that. Probably a few few bruises and a few. Yeah, and a few uh, dead silent. Treatment. Yeah, it's true. And I think, I think for him, I think it's he he would, uh, you know, he just got them a bit like, a bit like Carlos Tevez, but even more so, he just got the fans, and the fans got him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. they were very much in in together. They, you know, he was he still has his West Ham, um, you know, tattoos and was singing bubbles and stuff like that during lockdown. And I just think he's he's just a great guy and entertaining you know just an entertainer yeah. and he's one of these sort of and again I, I moan about it every time i do an interview but a video but I, I i get really frustrated with modern football because i just find all like most most of the players and all the players most of the players quite boring um yeah. like personality wise they're so uber professional you get entertained by them doing uh, rabonas and and mm. and flicks and tricks but Football's football is should be about entertainment. It, you know, it's a sport, but it isn't entertainment. We we pay to we don't pay to watch a team win. Clearly, no. back the wrong balls if that's the case. But we want to be entertained, and, and someone like Paolo would entertain you, oh, uh, yeah. whether it would be with a Rabona or you know a, a bit of skill or having a tantrum uh, on the pitch Many or times. you know having a on the song, and it, it just it just fitted so well with West Ham, and I just think he was absolutely fantastic and. Um, my best, my f most favourite player. You know, he just really was. I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. And as you said, you know, you know what you're going to get with him as well. He's going to. We actually didn't know what he's going to get. He's unpredictable. And I think that's why we sort of turn. You turn up every day, every game to watch him because you didn't know which Paolo was going to turn up. Um, and then obviously you'll find out within 15 minutes whether he's up for it or it's going to be one of those Paolo days where you're just going to laugh at him for throwing tantrums and throwing himself on the floor and wanting to oh, get yeah. substituted and stuff like that. But that's, and that's why we love him. Cause he just, he was, that he was entertaining, but, uh, but he was a, a top bloke as well. And obviously we've had loads of stories about fan stories, about their interactions with Paolo and, you know, just brilliant. Just so brilliant. I mean, he's top, top bloke. Um, yeah. And that's it, James. And that's it. Yeah. That is it. Um, 
that is a very very good side. I like that. It's very nice, well yeah. balanced, as I said. And uh, Carlos and Carlos and um, De Canio up front. We, it'd be fair to say we're playing it more on the floor, wouldn't we? We wouldn't. Um, yeah. We wouldn't go for the Antonio lump and lump and leave it. You know, we'd be playing it on the floor. But we like to play it on the floor. We're the West Ham way, aren't we? So that's what we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James, Sorry, man, it's been lovely. It's been lovely chatting to you, mate. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Um, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, and obviously check check James out. He's on, um, from the Anvil, um, Twitter, YouTube, all that type of good stuff. And, and go over and have a look at his, some of his uh, like there's like his pre post matching like stuff and things like that as well, don't you? It's quite cool. Yeah, mate. do previews. I do weekly questionnaires. I do a lot of other oh, things. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So make sure you go over there because you know. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need as much content to get us through this next month as as possible at the moment. So uh, it's all it's all good stuff. Um, and from myself and James, uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe. If you're watching on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. If you listen to it on uh, Spotify, podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Alexa, um, Alexa, play my hammers eleven. Um, <laughs> It's, it's gonna work. It's gonna work one day, isn't it? It's gonna work one day. I'll get one listener because of it. Um, whoever it is, make sure you wash your hands. Stay care safe, everyone. For me and James, um, uh, stay well. Come on, you irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take yeah. care, everyone. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.